has God's fingerprints all over it. And so uh, we're going to do that tonight. And um, I just kind of want to, let me read this. Um, if you have a Bible and you want to turn to 1 Samuel 7, um, this is one of those Old Testament examples that I love so much about the importance of remembering um, what God has done. And 1 Samuel 7, um, the, it was kind of, this was a, is a chapter that talks about uh, a returning to the Lord. And, um, and Israel just getting to a point where they, they realized they had strayed away from um, focusing on uh, the God who loved them and protected them and provided for them. And so Samuel says, look, if you return to him with all your heart, then he's going to hear you. And so, and so they did, and they were in this place where they were just ready to, to repent and to do whatever it took to have uh, the presence of God and, and the blessings of God put back on them. And, and so they all were gathered together. And the Philistines heard that all of Israel was gathered in this one place, and so they thought it was an opportune time to come and, and attack them. And um, if you look in verse 9, I'm sorry, in verse 10, um, this is uh, everybody's gathered, gathered together, and they've started to panic because they're worried that the Philistines are going to come and take over and uh, destroy them. In verse 10, it says, As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel, but the Lord thundered with a mighty sound, that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion and they were routed before Israel. And the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them as far as below beth Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Um, takes a rock and he names it. And uh, it says in, in my footnotes that Ebenezer means stone of help. Sets up this rock. And, um, you know, we talk about in Joshua, they set up stones where there weren't supposed to be stones. So that, you know, when their kids are like, why are these random stones here? You could tell them the story. And, and here they, he, Samuel names the rock, you know. So you have all these rocks with no names. And it's like this was an, is Ebenezer. And it means stone of help. And you, then you're able to tell the story. And so tonight we're going to do the, the same thing. We're going to take time to celebrate what God has done. And so here's how it's going to work. It is literally an open mic situation, which makes some, of, some people very nervous. Um, as the pastor, it makes me a little nervous too, uh, just to be honest. But here's, here's all, all we're going to do. Um, there's some seats on the front row. Some of them are occupied. Some of them are not. Um, if you would, if you feel like you, you want to give up and share something that God has done in your life that you want to celebrate and give him the credit for, um, just kind of slip out of where you are and just come sit on the front row, and we're just going to let people come and go. Um, my friend Jonathan Wilmore has graciously volunteered to go first. Um, many of you know Jonathan. Come on up. And if some, we had a few other volunteers um, who uh, wanted to come. So if you want to just make your way to the front row, I'm just going to kind of kick back and let you guys preach tonight. Johnny, you, you want to you hold the mic? Why don't you hold this mic? Why? You like it mic better? I do like this mic better. Thank you. All right, can you You can hear me? Okay. Um, this year has basically what God has done is he has just... Um, revamped the way I think. Uh, uh, my birthday rolled around December 12th, and I, I love to love on people. I love it. But just loving on me back, that was one thing I just, I don't know, it's it's not something that I just looked upon and stuff. It's just I prefer to give than receive. And a bunch of people from the room just showed up, and they just loved on me, and that was a part of God just saying, look, this is how much you're loved, and just the way you think about yourself, the way you think in general just needs to be re redone, revamped, and 
I am glad that he put me through the trials that I went through all the many months because this this has just been a 360 spin on my life. It's just God has turned my whole life around. Um, I'm not going to go through a whole long thing because I know we have other volunteers come up here to speak, but just you guys, what y'all have been on me means the world to me, and I thank y'all. Uh, for what y'all have done, and uh, one thing, I was thinking this was last year, but according to my mom, it was this year, uh, with the cataract surgery, and now that I can see without glasses, this is one thing that, you know, God has done, I went from being blind to I can see now, so uh, that was another example of how uh, much God showed his love um, with restoring my sight, so this is what I have to say to y'all, and I'm going to give the mic back to Josh, but I love y'all all so much, and I wish I could hook every one of y'all, but that would take the whole night. Okay, and, uh, and, uh, and he has every intention of hugging every one of you tonight, so don't leave without that. Tell him, just real briefly, um, tell him what Gaucher's disease is and why you turning 26 is so significant. All right, can I sit down for this? Because it, it will take me a minute. Well, just tell us real quick. Okay. Um, basically, Gaucher's disease. Uh, <laughs> all right, don't laugh at that, please. Uh, basically, Gaucher's is a storage disorder. It, uh, it affects all the major organs, the bones, especially when I had my spleen removed. Because my spleen was five pounds. It was the same size as... The football day that was two players use on game day. Um, I was 22 months old. 22 months old. His spleen was the size of a collegiate football. And my bones went from being real brittle to now they're becoming about as healthy as Grace Wilson right here. Uh, through the, through enzyme replacement that I received every two weeks uh, at the Lady of the Lake Oncology uh, uh, center that's right in front of, right by, was that, uh, Mary Bird Perkins? Right by Mary Bird Perkins. Yeah. Now, why, why is you turning 26 such a big deal in the Gaucher world? Because usually they don't make it past infancy. I was not expected to make it to my first birthday. I am 26 years old, still standing, still strong. I am 100 out. One in a hundred thousand with Gaucher's disease. It is really rare. Um, the type that I have, which is type three, is it it can cripple you and it can uh, do a lot of damage. I am thankful that God has allowed me to live this long and to live a healthy life. Uh, Every 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 day that I wake up is a blessing to me because my life could have ended uh, before one years old and uh, all the surgeries, all the stuff I've been through. It's just God has poured out His grace on me, and I just I'm so thankful. And you're the oldest living type three, right? I am the oldest. I am the oldest and longest living in the history of the world. In the history of the world. That's right. That's right. I'm still standing. All right. All right. <laughs> That's how you started off right there. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, who wants to follow that? <laughs> no, seriously, who wants to follow that? Nobody? All right, it's going to be a short night. I spy a volunteer. If you want to come up, if you just come sit on the front row, we'll just keep bringing people up, just kind of make your way there. This is Martha Jackson. And um, I'm going to hand her the mic. Um, hi, 
I'm sure most of you know me, and I could very easily feel obligated to be up here, but um, I think God sort of obligated me. I'm already going to cry, so let me stop. Let me put this up here before I drop it. I am. I feel like I'm about to drop it. I'm so nervous. Okay. Um, I've prayed about this for a while, and it takes me a long time to pray about something because my kids are pretty rambunctious. I have to stop praying often. I prayed for about two weeks, and finally, earlier this morning, well, no, over the last week, this one scripture's been coming to me, and I haven't thought about it in a while. Um, it's Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Uh, 28 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. <laughs> Somebody once told me I was good at this stuff. I don't think so. Um, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Today is December 28th. Um, last year, December 28th, I went to the home of grace where the rest of my life began. And thanks to y'all's support over the last year, I've been able to become a woman of God, a woman of faith who actually has a family with three boys and a whole church full of family. Um, when I went to the home of grace, I was completely broken. I found myself focusing on everything negative. I was blaming people, circumstances, and situations around me for everything that went bad. And I was, mo I was using the devil's name a lot. I don't even like that word anymore. Um, this, that's how screwed up I was at the time in my mind. I um, felt God saying to me, just close your eyes to everything around you and look for me. I am here. All you have to do is look, and I will give you rest. So um, that's what I did. And God has pretty much changed my way of thinking. <sighs> in just about every aspect of life. Um, there's not one situation or circumstance that he hasn't proven himself in my life. I have learned that if I am confident of my identity in Christ, I gain strength from Christ. Not only has God been doing all of that, he has built and rebuilt relationships in my life. I've gained so many relationships over the last year, it's crazy. True relationships, you know, real friends, people I can say, that's my friend, and just have a, a serious security with that. Um, last year, I had three people on my Christmas list, and that was Jaden, Dale, and Dustin, my three little babies. This year, I had 33. Couldn't do it for everybody, but that was my Christmas list, and I'm pretty proud of that. That's awesome. That's the best I can say for my whole life. Um, as far as rebuilding relationships, me and my family, are rebuilding relationships that I never thought would happen. I mean, in the, in the way that it's happening. Like, my mother is coming to this place where she is truly trusting me and seeing me as a responsible, respectable woman. And not that I wasn't so disrespectable or unrespectable, but anyways. Um, I love all of y'all. Thank you. And we love you too. Um, we could spend an entire night walking through the last year of uh, how um, Martha and Jaden and um, Dustin and Dale have uh, impacted all of us. And uh, we just give God the glory for the past year um, with all that. All right, who wants to go next? This is Janie. I always want to call her Janie Wilson. Uh, but she's married to Trent, and she was forced to take his last name. Uh, this is Janie Allen. Y'all clap for her. Um, about, gosh, nine months ago, uh, well, let me back up. For those of you who don't know, Trent and I have a 17-month-old daughter named Parker, and you've probably seen her running around here like crazy. She's the one with um, Cindy Lou Who or pebbles hair um, but um, about nine months ago um, we noticed that there was something that just wasn't 100% right with Parker and um, started looking for a first opinion second opinion ended up going to a pediatric neurologist on March 31st who told us that our daughter had um, cerebral palsy and that we needed to put her in physical therapy and we would move on from there 
And as a mom, that was the worst possible thing anyone could have ever told me is that your child is not perfect. Because in my mind, my child was perfect. Um, we started physical therapy in April and went back to the neurologist in June, Trent, June. Um, I think it was June. It was right before Parker's first birthday. And the neurologist basically said, I still really feel like that's what's wrong with her. We'll continue the physical therapy. Please don't be surprised if your child is not walking by the time she turns two. Which to me was really hard because I had a tendency to compare her with every child her age that I saw. Um, and so I got to the point to where it was hard for me to even come to church and leave her in the nursery because I was going to see a kid doing something that she wasn't doing and I was going to get angry with God or jealous or um, I harbored a lot of bitterness. And um, so um, her first birthday rolled around July 14th and about two months later she started walking and you know, everyone here saw that, and nobody really, I guess I should stop and say, I didn't tell a lot of people that anything was wrong with her, because I was embarrassed, I was ashamed, I didn't want them to know. I used it as an excuse if someone would say, oh, she's not walking yet, and then I'd tell them the story. Um, and God really used that in my life to say, you know what, if you would just trust me, I'll take care of things. Monday, of this week, we took her back to the neurologist again, and um, she walked into the office and ran around and played while we waited, and when the doctor came in, she did the different reflex tests and all the things that they do, and um, she looked at me and she said, I can't explain this, but I don't know what was ever wrong with her. And she told me that she would release us from her care and that we could discontinue physical therapy and that my child was normal. And of course, in my mind, and I actually did say this out loud to the doctor, I can explain it. It's the prayers of all of you who I actually let know what was going on. It's the prayers of those of you who just committed to pray for our family because we're a part of this church. And it's just God's grace that he is bigger than any doctor's diagnosis. He is bigger than any, any disability that may have been there. Um, you know, she very well could have had this horrible life ahead of her that, you know, could have been very debilitating or whatever, but God chose to change that, and he chose, um, he chose to heal her and make her whole, and of course, in my eyes, she is still perfect, um, and so I just really want to thank those of you who have been there for us and prayed for us through that. Um, now you can pray for us as she gets into things that every other 17-month-old gets into, but um, I just really want to thank y'all for just being supportive of us um, through all of that and just really give all praise to God because it was nothing the physical therapist did. It was nothing the doctors did. It was nothing that we as her parents worked with her on. It was God who healed her and we're very thankful for that. All right, somebody else. Nobody? All right, well, let's pray. Uh, <laughs> this is Megan Kelly. Um, I told him that I wanted to go last because I, there were several things I wanted to list off, but I don't want to steal anybody else's um, stories about the Lord. But the best thing about my job is that I just get to have a front row seat of God working in every one of your lives. And... I think about over the last year, the conversations I've had with people and the tears that have been shed and the questions that have just come up and the things that have been answered and things that we're still waiting to have answered. But I just cannot tell you how much my faith grows all the time just by being on staff at this church because I watch you guys cling to the Lord in circumstances that are just unbelievable and then I watch him show up every single time. Um, and this is one of the first times that the Lord was just like, you have a huge story to share, and it's, a lot of you already know about it, so forgive me if you've heard it, but thank goodness I didn't have to tell it in front of the church up until tonight, because I don't think I could have made it through it, but 
Um, back in May, I had a car accident. I was not texting, much to everyone asks. I was not texting. Um, but I did just absolutely slam into somebody and totaled my car. And for those of you that know, the car that I was driving was my dad's. And it was some kind of random addition. So every time something went wrong with it, the parts were about three times the normal amount to fix. And so I'd been praying about what to do with it and how am I going to, I can't do a car payment right now and it's all this stuff. And so, I mean, there's my answer. I got totaled. <laughs> so I was getting um, a certain amount of money back for it and it wasn't a lot, but I was like, the Lord can totally hook me up with a car for that amount and it will be fine. And so I wasn't real worried about it. And um, I called my mom and talked to her about it and she was remarkably calm. And for those of you that know my mother, because I am a single woman living nine hours away, she thinks that she needs to fix everything in my life. And then the Lord will remind her, no, you don't. So she just told me that God told her hands off of this one. And so I just kept praying and started looking. And about three weeks um, into the search, I got a phone call. And I was told that I needed to change the bracket of prices that I was looking uh, for a car because um, money had been set aside for me. And I don't know any details. I don't know who it was. I don't know where it came from, but I know that it came from you guys, um, from this church. And um, I just can't tell you how much it means to me to know that this was God's method of provision. And my parents happened to be in town when all this went down, and my mom just started jumping up and down and was so excited because she said that the day that I told her it was totaled, that God just spoke to her and said, don't touch this because I'm going to use her church, and they're going to take care of her through me. And... Um, I just can't thank you guys enough. Um, as if the love and the support and the prayers aren't enough, I drive around Baton Rouge and do what I need to do because of your faithfulness and obedience to what God asked you to do. And I just really, really am grateful. It took me about three months to get in the car and drive without crying every time I started the engine. <laughs> um, but there's just a whole lot more to the story as far as just God even leading me to the right vehicle. But I just, if you want to hear about it, I'll tell you it's a pretty amazing story. Um, and I just, I look around and I just think about all the things. I feel like I could have just, I actually did make a list, but I'm not going to, because I feel like they're your stories to tell. But I could have just listed off a million things that I've God's, seen God do in this body. And, um, and I'm just so thankful that I get to just sit around and listen and pray and walk with, because it really is the best job earth, on earth. And I can't, I'm like, did I really get paid to do this? Um, I just love you guys so much. And I'm just so thankful that God shows his faithfulness through you guys all the time. And um now the very vehicle that I drive is always a reminder that he's going to take care of every need that I have, no matter how big it is. So I love y'all. This is Miss Allison Richmond. This year has been uh, significant, I would say that, um, and as all years are, but um, just a lot of stuff happened this year, and I would, um, the overview, I guess, is that things got crazy, and then the Lord just provided an awesome way. Um, let me give you a couple bullet points, the, sh the, short, the short version. I think... Um, you may know, like, the whole reason I'm in Louisiana was originally uh, because God called me to go to the seminary, and I graduated in May with my master's in marriage and family therapy. <laughs> so, um, don't shake your head at me. Um, so that was awesome. It was a big, a big thing, and I, I'd been working at a place in New Orleans counseling, and uh, just real cool, just felt like I was really um, walking in what God had called me to do with my life, and um, just felt like things were really rolling. And then I got the news that um, uh, my supervisor, like they, the people that owned that counseling place, like were moved out of state. So it was closing down, so that was kind of, you know, what, what do I do now, or whatever. Um, so that was just kind of like a screeching halt to Allison as a counselor, and uh, so it was just, you know, just asking the Lord, what do we do? And so that, that was kind of the start of the craziness. Um, and real, I feel like the way the Lord communicated with me this year was, like, just telling me stuff, like, just making it real plain to my spirit, like, this is what we do now. So, like, there was a day that it was, like, 
this is what we do now. We moved, we moved to Baton Rouge and get back um, just in life here since I had been in New Orleans in the past year. And so I said, all right. And uh, like right after that, I had one of my clients um, make like a really destructive decision. And it was like, real hard to handle. And um, oh, by the way, so I moved in with the Vernons. And that's been awesome. And, and just a, another way that God provided just during that time of not having a job and um, not, I didn't know if I was going to get a job in Baton Rouge or anything, but the Lord was just like, you'll get a job in Baton Rouge, just go ahead and move. And so um, moved in with them. And like I said, then that thing happened with my client. And uh, it was just right after I moved in with them. And that was a great way that the Lord provided um, just support for me during that, during that time. And um, so I didn't have a job for a while. And like all the Lord said was just, hey, Richmond, wait. We got it. Wait. And so I, uh, so I just waited, you know, and I think that that was one of, one of these things that it's not really in my nature to be real patient. And um, so, but I just, I just heard him real clear about it. So just waited it out. Um, with with a lot of patients that totally came from the Lord and um, really just, again, not in my nature at all, straight from Jesus and uh, just a testament to, to him coming out and me in ways that I've asked him for um, for, for several years. Um, and some of you have probably asked him for. Um, but uh, so that was just cool. And so I, I didn't have a job for a while. I just got a job in November, so it was like a long time without having anything, and the Lord was just like, just be faithful, you know, in what, what I'm putting on your plate, and I'll take care of you, and, and of course, there's a lot of stories, a lot of stories in there about, like, how he provided financially and stuff, just in awesome ways, um, so it's just been a crazy time or whatnot, and um, I feel like I'm forgetting something major, oh, so I never did have a job, and I just kept on sending out uh, resumes and stuff and, and just praying and nothing ever felt right and I'd go on interviews and I never really liked it and nothing felt good and um, then like out of the blue this guy called me and he was like hey I saw saw your resume on Monster and I didn't even remember I'd ever put my resume on Monster and he's like hey you want to talk about that or whatever so that's where I'm working now and it's, it's at a <laughs> it's at a maternity home in Central and it's just for, for girls, or mostly from, like, the time you can conceive until age 21. Um, and just girls that can't, like, can't support themselves during their pregnancy or their families can't provide for them. And so they just hook them up with all that they need. And it's a, it's a real cool place. And also, like, in the middle of all that this summer, the Lord really just opened an awesome door. And I was kind of able to start a counseling practice on the side. Um, and then he just hooked me up with a supervisor that was crazy enough to let me do it, and um, and it's totally abnormal. Like it's definitely uh, not the norm of how things go like that in the counseling world. And um, then he just provided places for me to see clients and and provided clients, and it's just been crazy. I mean, just none of this should have happened. So that's been really awesome, and uh, so I'm still getting to do that on the side and. I just really love what God's called me to do, so it's pretty awesome to be able to do it and get paid. Um, so I just, I just think all along the way, you know, I know a lot of people struggle with um, just waiting on the Lord for stuff, and especially like right now with financial stuff being hard and people losing jobs or having questions about losing jobs and all that, and, and uh, I just feel like the 2008 was just a good year of the I will take care of it. Just just hang on, I will. And he did, and it's been really good. And in closing, I would like to um, read just a verse whenever things got um, like rough this summer or whatever. This is what the Lord had to say about it. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For from him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I will not be greatly shaken. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. It's in Psalm 62.
As most of you guys know, I moved to Monclova, Mexico in Janu January 22nd. And um, I moved to Casa Hogar Galilea, and I was just kind of like a house mom there. And um, there is range from like 30 kids sometimes to 15 kids or just whatever. Anyway, um, it, a lot has happened and a lot has gone on, but uh, I've been home since maybe like late August or something. So I lived there for like eight months or something like that. But anyway, um, I just want to say that like, I am so thankful for this body and just for my family and for my friends because this year has just really been tough. Just being away, you know, not knowing any Spanish for one thing and nobody there speaks English. Um, and then just like, just everything that I experienced and just, I mean, it was unbelievable. Like the best time of my life. I would do it again and I'm, like, I, I love it. I still love it and I'm still, continuing it, this, going to Casa Hogar, and, like, I cannot believe that, like, the Lord has allowed me to be a part of this place. Um, every day, I'm like, I have family there, you know, like, and I can't believe that, but, um, and I'm so thankful for you guys, because you guys are the ones, you guys are the iron that sharpens me, that keeps me going, because, so many times I did want to give up because it was like, I'm not, you know, this is not me. Like, what am I even doing here? I can't even communicate. Like, crazy, crazy stuff. But, um, and this, like, this whole year has just been really good. It's just, like, friends getting married and just, you know, beating, like, my family. It's just been really good. And it's just, like, I'm so thankful. I missed out on a lot because I was in Mexico, but... It was just really, really good, and um, we were able to go just last week to back to Casa Hogar, and we brought gifts, and I'm just so thankful for you guys for just, like, wanting to be, um, like, just willing and able to be a part of Casa Hogar, and um, for just the ring, and um, just what it means, just, I don't, I'm, like, crazy right now. But um, I really am thankful just for everything that's happened and just for Galilea. And whenever um, I talk about the Reen Community Church with the kids at Galilea, they all know y'all. They know about y'all. They've seen pictures. They, I mean, some of y'all have been there and, you know, y'all have met these kids. And they are always wanting to know about the Reen and just about you guys and like and that just like makes me so happy because they you know they don't really see a lot of people and for them to know about Baton Rouge and about the Ring Community Church just really brings so much joy and for that I am just so very very thankful and um, just I mean I again I just can't believe that the Lord has allowed me and even this church to be a part of that place and just what the Lord is doing at Galilea. And um, sometimes we don't know if the doors are going to stay open if, or the doors are going to close. But um, I believe that the Lord has huge plans for Galilea and that the ring is um, going to be a part of those plans. And so um, for that, I'm thankful. And just I'm just ready to see what the Lord has in store for Galilea and just for friends and family like you guys. So, thanks. As uh, Sarah Norman makes her way up here, on the bottom of the sheet you got on the way in, there's some prayer requests where we pray for something specific each day. And we put uh, Casa Hogar on there uh, pretty regularly as a, a way for us to stay connected, to pray for them, and, and just as we continue to see what kind of uh, great things God has in store for us or whatever. So, Sarah, it's all you. Um, just thinking about the past year, a lot has happened. And it was kind of hard to decide, like, to pick one or a couple to talk about. But there's two significant things, I think, that have happened that um, I just want to thank you all for praying about. And one would be that I got married in July and... Um, 
I didn't think for a long time that that would happen for me because I didn't think that I would be able to get over my parents being divorced and just things happening in my past for me to be able to get to a point where I would be okay with getting married because I didn't know if it would work out. I didn't know if it would last forever. And um, a significant part of me being okay with getting married and knowing that, um, I don't know, I'm crying. <laughs> um, knowing that it was okay for me to get married and it was the Lord's plan was um, just wives' discipleship. And we meet like the first Saturday of the month and just like going since I'd gotten engaged for those nine months, I guess, once a month was huge for me because the women there were so transparent in their marriages and being a family that it made me okay with it because I saw so many wives who were so encouraging about their marriages but who were transparent that they did have problems but how the Lord has completely just brought them through these things and just different issues in their marriages and all of these things and just wives discipleship and the wives just being so transparent about those things just really began a healing in my heart for me to be okay with getting married because I knew that I was supposed to be supposed to marry Spencer but I didn't know if I was okay with marriage and um, just being a part of that just really made my heart okay with it and let me know that it was okay to fight or not you know argue and that kind of thing in your marriage but as long as the Lord was the center of it and that you get praying towards that that he was going to heal it no matter what came along. And that was huge for me because I, for a very long time, like I said, didn't think that it was going to happen for me because I didn't know if I would get past it. And through the Lord's grace and just healing and prayers of the women and just everybody in the church, the Lord made me okay with it. And so that was a, that's a huge thing. And um, we're still married, so that's good. <laughs> And um, the second thing is that um, I think I've gotten up here and talked about my family before and um, how my two sisters know the Lord, but I wouldn't say that there's a relationship. And um, the Lord has laid a very specific date on my dad's heart for praying for my sister on when she will be have a vivid walk with the Lord, and that's next year. Um and he just has a very certain date that he, the Lord has laid on his heart to pray towards. And there's been a couple people who have shared this with and who have just been praying towards that. And I had dinner with her a couple months ago. And um, we were just talking about her relationship with her boyfriend. And she was like, yeah, we're at the same place spiritually. And I was like, really, where's that? <laughs> and uh, she was just like, because I'm like, I didn't know you were at a place. But um, she was just like... We've been talking about it a lot, and she goes, I know that before I'm ever in a serious relationship or before I ever get married that I'm going to have to be walking with the Lord or it's not going to work. And um, I wouldn't say that there's a vivid walk with the Lord for her right now, but she was like, I'm processing it in my head. And um, she knows that she needs the Lord, and she has said that out loud, which is huge because before she wouldn't admit it and she was very bitter and just angry about it and so for her to just admit that she needs to walk with the Lord is huge and that she's processing it in her head and she said that she's just not ready to process it walking out in life yet it's just huge for her to just be thinking about it and so that again is y'all praying for her because I've shared it in community group and I know I've talked about it up here before and um I just thank you guys for your support and prayers and love you guys that's it This is Cody Smith's wife, in case you've never met her. Um, I didn't know I was going to get up and talk. I would have just keyed her. <laughs> but, uh, the Lord was just really pulling on my heart just now. And um, there's two very specific things that I would like to talk about. And it involves, I mean, of course, it involves the Lord, but directly in this church. Um, 
Cody and I have been coming here probably a little bit after we got married, which has been for about three years now. He started as uh, just playing in the band, and I didn't really come, and then, because we were Zorites, but, um, you know, slowly he was like, you really going to like this? You need to start coming, and so I did. And so we started coming to the church. We became members. However, we were not in part of a community group. And Josh always talked about how important community groups were, and I just was like, I don't feel, you know, that we need to be a part of it. We're part of the church. But finally, we did join a community group, and it was amazing. It changed our lives. It changed everything that the way that I saw myself with the Lord and the way that my walk became to grow stronger and everything. And um, I loved our community group. It was amazing. We went through a split, which was hard. If anybody's been in a community group that went through a split, you know what I'm talking about. Um, But back in September, Meg gave me a call, and she was like, you know, look, Um, we've been praying about starting a group in Denham Springs, and, um, you know, we want y'all to host it at your house and everything. And um, I was just, me and Cody definitely prayed about it, and we both had different scenes. You know, I wanted to stay. He wanted to try something new. And um, in the end, we eventually decided to join the new group in Denham Springs, and it's amazing. (laughs) Like, if you've ever been into a new community group that... um, that you're going to for the first time, there's the awkwardness about it. We don't have that. We don't have it at all. And it's, it's so fun because it's like we've known each other and we've been in a community group for years now and it's only been about three or four months. And um, the way that we're so true with each other and we, we don't hold anything back. And it normally takes a community group, well, when I joined our first one, a couple of months to get comfortable with the people and to really open up and for them to see the way that you are with the Lord. And um, with this community group and, and Livingston Parish, <laughs> um, it was just amazing. <laughs> Got to get that shout out. But um, it, it, our community leader, even though we only have one, it's, um, he's amazing, Justin great. (laughs) And um, I just love it. It's been the joy of my life, uh, like, recently, and um, it's been amazing to to look at people that you just started to know and how much they've grown with the Lord, and to even look at me and see how much I've grown within the short period of time of knowing um, our community group. So that's my first thing. Um, And my second thing is kind of what Sarah said about wise discipleship. we started Wives Discipleship, I think, like at the very end of last year, right, Megan? Was she here? Oh. I, I, yeah, it, was, it didn't really start getting rolling until, like, well, a lot of people coming until the beginning of this year. And um, I can only speak wonders of Wives Discipleship. Um, it is, let me back up. Cody and I have been dating since I was in ninth grade. <laughs> we were, like, the high school sweethearts. Um, and I met him after a month that I was saved. And looking back on it now, I think it's so amazing that God put Cody in my life at such a critical time to um, walk with me through the Lord and strengthen my relationship with him, and that he's still here in my life and doing the same thing today. Um, I know Cody dreads to that, that song at, the, at weddings, and even though we played it at ours, when God made you, he must have been thinking of me. <laughs> like, that is so... <laughs> I think about that, and it's, <laughs> I, I just, it's so true, it's so true, and um, I'm not going to say that we have a bad marriage at all, by all means, but no, 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 <laughs> you'll see my point, you'll see my point, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, but when I started going to Wives Discipleship and really getting diving so deep into the material and really understanding what it was about and being surrounded by the women in that group. Um, And like Sarah said, just so transparent how they weren't afraid to share the problems with their marriage, but they were so excited about sharing their joys also. Um, It really started to change my heart about the way that I viewed my marriage. And then when Band of Husbands began... (laughs) That was awesome, too. And me and Jessica always make fun of it because I come home and I'm like, after your wife's discipleship, I'm like, we talk about this, da 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 And when Cody comes home, I'm like, what y'all talk about band of husbands? Well, I don't know. <laughs> and I know that he learned a lot, and he just doesn't want to share it. That's his way, and this is, that's my way of sharing it, too. But <laughs> as both of us have that separate part of um, 
of discipleship through our marriage. And when we come together, I'm finally seeing the way that marriage is intended to be. And um, I just didn't have that before. And as I go back and see that Cody was placed in my life uh, at the point of when I was saved, it's, like I said, truly incredible to see how the Lord placed him in my life for a reason, knowing that I was going to marry him and spend the rest of my life with him and knowing that he is the closest thing to Christ that I should ever see, as Josh always says in the weddings. And um, just seeing what a marriage is supposed to intended to be with Christ as the center of it and praying through things together and praying for your marriage together, um, it's just been an amazing thing. So Meg and Waco and everybody else who have put their thoughts and their prayers into those discipleships, I just want to thank you because it's changed my life and my marriage, and I'm sure that it has touched other people too. Thank you. Last, last time Jake took the mic, he told us he was moving. Uh, one, this is your chance to uh, redeem yourself. Uh, what happens in Band of Husbands uh, stays in Band of Husbands, and, uh, <laughs> and that's our problem. Maybe we set the rules too early in the game. Uh, I am sorry, I'm fighting an ear infection, so uh, someone is in my head screaming uh, right now. Can you, can you hear me? <laughs> uh, I just wanted to come up. We've had, we've had kind of a roller coaster year, a, a big year, and uh, we started back in January, as all years start, uh, January first, and uh, <laughs> at three thirty, I had a waffle, and no, uh, <laughs> uh, around the uh, we were in South Carolina the year before last, uh, two thousand seven. Sorry, I, I don't know dates. Uh, we went and worked in Charleston, and, um, or a suburb north of Charleston. As y'all know, like Josh said last time, uh, maybe through the uh, tears and blabbering, <laughs> you, y'all got that and, uh, and understood where we were. Um, we had finished our job, and I was looking forward to coming home, and it turned out that, that we probably weren't going to get to come home. Like I think we knew it in the back of our head. And, the company wanted to transfer us to uh, California, to uh, Los Angeles, and uh, that is that's how I roll. Um, I'm, I'm it, it fits, you know. So I thought <laughs> Baton Rouge or uh, Watts, and uh, so <laughs> we uh, we actually began packing, and uh, we prayed, and and really, um, it's been a while. It seemed like it's been so long ago, but we prayed and. And we began packing and boxed up the, the apartment that we were in and, and started thinking about our move and everything and getting ready. And uh, I was at work one day, like I say, around, I guess, the second or third week in January. And I uh, got a call from Chris. And Addie had been having some little, some health problems, uh, just typical stuff. Uh, Chris took her into the pediatrician, no big deal. And uh, was going through some treatment with some medicine, stuff like that. And the doctor said, your daughter's blood sugar is, uh, say what? 741. Um, normal blood sugar operating range is, uh, is 80 to 150. That's where we fluctuate, or I, I, I don't, I'm going to say something wrong, and y'all find out a way to sue me for malpractice. <laughs> That's not good. Um, she was in the 700s, and, and a lot of times kids, they said, were, uh, that had been misdiagnosed. We, we had misdiagnosed her for about three to four weeks with a, like a urinary tract infection. They were trying different uh, medications. He said, no, your, your daughter has type 1 uh, dis, uh, diabetes. And, uh, and that, that's a real tough pill to swallow, honestly. I was at work. Chris called, and... and uh, uh, I can't remember how she told me. I know that she did tell me, and somehow it began to set. And um, I had about an hour, hour and a half ride to myself to get 
not just a home, but from home into Charleston, into the into the child's uh, the children's hospital, and uh, walked in and uh, a, a real bad scene in which my daughter was being held down and an IV was put in, and and and, and it's just just a tough tough day. Uh, some reason all the moisture in my mouth is gone. It's, uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, that is just a, a real a punch in the gut. And, uh, oh, man. It's like a beautiful Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, gosh, thank you. Um, uh, we, we began to walk through that and, and began to understand what that meant and uh, had never, uh, the only thing I knew about diabetes was like gestational diabetes, uh, you know, and uh, got a real crash course that week. Sorry, I don't mean to drag. Um, they got Addie back to normal operating temperature and, and uh, began to dose her with insulin and uh, then spent the next three days with us. Uh, really, the only reason we stayed in the hospital that long was just so they could teach us, you know, how to, um, how to live this way, you know. Um, Addie gets uh, her sugar checked uh, each, at each meal, basically. There are a few times randomly when we know she's not going to eat a lot or, or when she can swing a, without a, a shot. But she gets her blood sugar checked, and then she's shot up with uh, insulin um, accordingly based on what she eats. So that happens at every meal. Uh, and uh, some of you may be going, like, every meal? Like, for how long? Um, that was the same questions we were having. Like, um, so good deal. Once we get out of the hospital, we can throw the needles away. No, no, no. no. Uh, what, what we're trying to tell you is this is indefinite. You know, this is, we have no clue. There's no cure. We're really close to a cure. I, I don't know how you say that. I don't know how you can say we're close to a cure. I, I hope they are. Um, but to be honest, just overwhelming. Um, overwhelming is not even a good word. It, it just buried us. It buried me and Chris. And, and um, just to sit in that hospital and think, you could barely think about tomorrow because we couldn't get through, you know, lunch and supper. And, and um, I don't know what I thought. It, it just hurt so bad. And, and it, it was so overwhelming. And... Um, we didn't know what to do. We, we flew in a uh, professional counselor um, named Meg Kelly and uh, put her on a plane. Um, Meg and my folks took shifts uh, coming to the hospital, being with us. They, we stayed at the hospital. They wanted us there. And, and uh, it took shifts, you know, coming to see us and then packing up our apartment. Well, that's the other thing. You know, we're supposed to be in... I'm supposed to roll into the hood um, within the next week or so, you know. And um, the doctors began to, to hear us. And, and I think one of them may have pulled Chris aside or during one of their talks. She, uh, she said, hey, Jake's uh, being transferred with his job. And uh, what do you all think about this? Well, how does, you know, we didn't know how diabetes worked on a daily basis there or here or in, in Los Angeles, you know. And... Uh, the doctors actually, uh, to their credit, really pulled us inside and said, uh, look, you're about to go through a real, a real tough time, a real, a real tough couple of weeks, couple of months of adjustment, of giving this little girl shots four times a day. You know, the shots in the beginning were really bad. Like, I don't blame her, but they were, they were horrible. And, uh, and now, some of y'all see Addie, she's checking her own uh, sugar with her. She's uh, pricking her own finger. And uh, Jack started saying Addie's sugar today. He was carrying around a little test strip. Um, we just let him play with a lot of the medical uh, <laughs> equipment. <laughs> equipment. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little pin cushion. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, it's gone. It's, it's gone again. Uh, he... Um, they, they pulled me aside and they said, look, you, uh, you need to get somewhere where you can be supported. And they said, is there a place uh, that, that there's a, a family base or a friend base or whatever? You know, we're going, yeah, absolutely. 
you know, absolutely. Um, but it, it's not where my job is. I don't know what that, that has to do with the job. It felt good. I, I really think God used those doctors uh, to, um, to take a lot of load off as a, as a man for me to feel like I was crawling back home with my tail between my legs, you know. And There's a lot of pride in those type of uh, decisions. But for those doctors to, to basically give me uh, permission to say, hey, um, <laughs> you, you don't want to do this on your own if you don't have to. So, so don't, you know, don't. And go home. Don't go to Los Angeles. Um, you know, so uh, we decided to come home. Uh, Addie, Addie did real well. Uh, has, has, there's a lot of points Chris picks up that I lose, but um, her, her body reacts real well to the insulin. That's not a fight. Um, she barely takes hardly any dosage right now. I mean, she's pretty small, but um, that's a good thing. Some, some kids take these massive amounts of insulin to to get them back regulated. Uh, she's, very, she's very sensitive to the, to the medicine. Um, again, I'm sorry, just rolling here. Uh, um, February was not seen in January. March was not understood. June, July, um, all these things, like the future just does not exist when, when someone has diagnosed your kid with a disease. and, and and like, I, I've just never been through that. I hope we never go through it again. Uh, but my gosh, he has just carried us. Um, the Lord has, has brought us home. Um, my, my company allowed me to transfer to our local division. Uh, and, and that has been uh, an okay thing. <laughs> and uh, so, like, that has been great. Um, our family has, has welcomed us. We, we moved out to Prairieville. We didn't go to Seatown. If it's not Seatown, it's not God's country, and I understand. But uh, it's, uh, it's just been a... Man, to be honest, to stand up and say all of that, uh, it's just been a wonderful year, you know? She, she just is amazing, Addie. Uh, she is just awesome. And... Uh, yeah. Just, just cool, and there's still worries. You know, there's um, uh, the diabetes can take a toll on someone's body. You know, over time certainly, and uh, they still say there's always a cure. Uh, a lot of y'all went with us this year to the. Uh, uh, I don't know if they called it a walk for a cure, or a race for a cure. I, I wasn't really racing. I was kind of being drugged for a cure. Uh, um, I, I just want to thank y'all. We we owe y'all uh, such a uh, such an amazing uh, piece of thanks because um, he has used y'all so greatly. Um, several of y'all stepped up and have been curious about what goes on. You know, if we can, hey, if we, you teach me how to give a shot, I'll babysitter. You know, <laughs> you know that's something like that is awesome. Um, God's just, he's done so much more and above what we ever could have expected. And because, like I say, in the third week in January, life, there was no, there was no more life. It just didn't make sense. And so I want to thank y'all. Um, real quickly, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we had a, a baby boy, Joe, in November, and that is, has been amazing. Uh, I don't really fool with them too much from like zero to six months because they just... They cry. <laughs> I was like, I kind of, when they start wrestling or uh, biting, you know, there I am. <laughs> um, God, God has been amazing. And so added, added to our family, has sustained our family, and has brought us back to our family. And uh, I just can't thank him. Um, he, he is just to be glorified every, every single day. And um, I, again, I just thank y'all, and we, we just love y'all to death, and, and would rather not be in any other place, even though we said that and, and moved away. Uh, you know, the proof's in the pudding, and <laughs> I don't even like pudding. <laughs> so I thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Um, I'm going to ask the, the band to make their way up. Uh, we could obviously be here for a long time. And what usually happens is once people start sharing, you start thinking about stuff and thinking about stuff and thinking about stuff. And, um, and all this is, like, there's a reason for it. Um, 
we don't do this um, so that I don't have to preach, although that is a perk in some eyes. Um, we don't do it um, for any other reason than so that God gets the glory. And, and here's the thing. When we begin to hear these stories, um, it, it functions in our own lives in a very important way. Um, in, in John chapter 9, um, Jesus and his disciples, they come upon a man who was born blind. And um, it's one of my favorite stories because the disciples are just kind of, they're just kind of dumb. And they, uh, they decide to, to have this theological discussion about whose fault it was that this guy was born blind. Did his parents mess up or was it him or whatever? And, um, and Jesus has this amazing answer. He said, it was not this man that sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And there's a principle there that we see that um, difficult things um, are not wasted. Um, and we heard a bunch of stories from people tonight who um, talked about being faced with a situation that they didn't know how to handle it. Sometimes it was financial. Sometimes it was a decision to be made. Sometimes it was an illness. Uh, I mean, you just go across the board. And those are not wasted. And just like this guy, those things happen in our lives um, so that the glory of God can be displayed in us. And not that God's like this mean, you know, this kid with a magnifying glass burning ants, you know? I mean, it's not that. Things happen. We live in a world that's broken, and God takes stuff, and he fixes it. And he does that to draw attention to himself so people can see how great and glorious and gracious and compassionate and everything that he is. They can see his holiness. And so when you and I sit here and we hear story after story after story, it needs to have an impact in how we walk daily. We can't sit here and be like, well, I wish God would do that for me or wish this and why does God not like me as much as them and all that. That's a pretty immature way to handle it. And we also can't be like, well, that was really nice. That was a nice blessing to hear those good stories about things. All these stories point to the same God that we all need to be pointed to. And so some some of the of our friends who got up tonight and shared, they're talking about situations that have been resolved. There's a lot of us who are walking through stuff that's just not resolved. And we have to be mature enough to hear the stories about God's faithfulness and his power and his sovereignty. And we have to, to hear those testimonies and then embrace that in our own lives. And when Jesus says, this happened that the works of God might do might be displayed in him we have to look at what is ahead for us in 2009 and say look there's something what I'm wrestling with now or anything that comes my way is happening so that the works of God can be displayed in my life to give me one more reason to stand up in front of people if the opportunity is there and proclaim his goodness and so I hope that you're this mixture of encouraged and blessed and challenged and stretched and, and almost broken over the variety of testimonies that were here. Because when we face medical issues, sometimes God just takes care of them and heals them. And sometimes the way he decides to display his works in your life is for you to struggle with it every single day and for those doctors to say, I don't know, I don't know how Jonathan is 26 years old. God's just so creative in the way he, he shows up in our lives. And so as we look back and when we have also a way of looking ahead, and so let's, let's just really just, just let these things sink into our hearts because we've proclaimed the faithfulness of God tonight and that is never wasted. It is to be applied to whatever you and I are dealing with all the time. So if you would, let's stand together. I know you've been sitting down for a while, and I want to pray for us. We're going to sing a little bit and just just respond. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. And um, these are some phenomenal stories that we've heard tonight. 
stories about your power and your goodness on display. I thank you for those who came up and, and had the courage to share, and I thank you for the fact that there are hundreds of stories just represented in this room and the fact that we could be here for no telling how long just sharing about how good you are now Father will you help us apply that we don't want these stories of your works in their lives to be wasted we want to apply these things so help us to do that in whatever way that means for each of us and help us just to respond just honestly and sincerely in this time now as we close out. We were in the dark.